You're listening to Madison Votes, the City of Madison Clerk's Office podcast, where we give you an inside look into the voting process and empower you, the Madison voter, with the information you need to feel confident about exercising your right to vote. Our goal at the City Clerk's Office is to ensure every voter in Madison is able to cast a ballot and have that ballot counted. Join us and take a crucial step toward becoming an informed voter right here on Madison Votes. Welcome to the Madison Votes 2020 podcast series. My name is Thomas, and I am a Wisconsin Certified Municipal Clerk, and I'm one of 10 team members in the Madison City Clerk's Office, and we all help facilitate the right to vote for the City of Madison. We are producing this podcast series with help from Madison City Channel, and we're doing it to answer questions we frequently hear from voters. This podcast episode will focus on what happens when the polls close. And although you may think that's just for people who work at the polls, you would be surprised at how interesting it is. Joining me today is Blaise Bazant, one of our polling police chief inspectors. Welcome, Blaze. Thank you, Thomas. So how long have you worked at the polls? This is my eighth year. Okay. And just kind of going back, why did you first become a poll worker and what motivates you to keep coming back, even in the midst of a pandemic? Well, I grew up in Madison, which meant I had certain expectations about how elections are supposed to work. When I came to voting age, it was the era of the fill-in, the arrow ballots. I'm sure you remember those. Mm -hmm. That was straightforward and easy to understand. Then I relocated to South Florida. You probably know where this is going. Sure. Because of my travel schedule for work, I had to vote absentee for every election until the presidential election of 2000. That was my first in-person voting experience anywhere outside Madison. It was really confusing. There were a lot of directions to the voting booth, only in English, I might add. Once I figured out the general idea of their system, I found the ballot itself really confusing. There was a list of candidates that didn't really line up with the punch holes in the voting card. Then, of course, there's the issue of the punch holes themselves. The little punch-out dots didn't really like punching out. Of course, the next day, everyone learned the terms of butterfly ballot and hanging chads. That specific election and the realization that voting experience is so different based on where you live really piqued my interest in the whole process behind elections. Oh, cool. That is interesting. When I retired and moved back to Madison in 2010, I was delighted to discover the voting system here was still straightforward and (laughs) well-organized. So I knew right away I wanted to get involved. Excellent. Yeah, we keep, well, part of this podcast is to keep it straightforward and organized and not confusing. So on election day, the polls are open from 7 a.m. to 8 p.m., but you are there at the polls as a chief inspector and election worker well past 8 p.m. What happens at that time? Well, if we still have a line of voters at 8 p.m., a poll worker stands at the end of the line to make sure everyone who has arrived at the polls in time is able to vote. That poll worker has the unenviable duty of explaining to anyone who doesn't arrive on time that they missed their chance. Thankfully, in my experience, that's a very rare occurrence. The chief inspector then reads an announcement that the polls are closed and that the public is welcome to observe the polls closing. So even though the polls are closed, the doors are still unlocked and open to the public. So what happens after that last person in line finishes voting? (laughs) We check, double-check, and triple-check that all the votes have been counted. If we still have absentee ballots to process, we finish that before running the results. We also verify that the number of voters matches the number of ballots counted. We compare the number of voter slips issued to the public count displayed on the tabulator screen. And that public count number at the top of the tabulator screen tells you how many ballots were counted for this election. Just for everyone's information, the screen also displays a protected count number 
and it's like the tabulator's odometer. It tells us how many ballots that particular machine has counted over the course of its life. So what do you do if the number of voters does not equal the number of ballots cast? In that case, we need to resolve the discrepancy before we run the results. We make sure that we assign a voter number to every voter registration and that every absentee envelope assigned a voter number no longer contains an absentee ballot. We also verify that any absentees that need to be remade have been remade and processed. Now, ballots need to be remade if they are marked with a red or green pen or marked in a way that the tabulator would not be able to read the vote. Once we made sure that all ballots have been counted and that the number of voters equals the number of ballots cast, we're able to print the results. We print a paper results tape for the county clerk's office and another results tape for the city clerk's office. Three election officials sign each result tape and then the chief inspector announces the results in the polling place. So if an observer wants a copy of the results tape for their own, they can just ask the chief inspector to run an additional copy, right? Oh, sure. We often get that request. Okay. So what happens next? Next, we send the unofficial results to the county clerk via the modem. The results are encrypted and using a private key and digital signature. So the county clerk posts those unofficial results online, and the city clerk's office checks the results online against the paper results on the tapes that are returned from the polls. So what happens to the ballots on election night? Uh, the chief inspector and then one other poll official uh, seal the ballots in a bag with a unique serial number signed and a tamper-evident tape seal across the top. Both of the officials who seal the ballot bag closed sign a certificate form that's printed right on the bag. We then secure the sealed ballots in a locked ballot box with a tamper-evident seal. We document the serial numbers of the ballot bag and the serial numbers of the other seals on the inspector statement. So there are seals and numbers and documentation on top of seals and numbers and documentation. Yes. So this inspector statement, can you tell us more about that? We use the inspector statement like to record everything that happened on election day. It lists the serial numbers of all those tamper-evident seals the clerk's office put on the election equipment at the public test. We verify those seal numbers and we initial the inspector statement to indicate the seals were intact when the machines arrived on election morning. We also document the key numbers of the day, like the numbers of voters, number of ballots cast, number of absentee ballots, number of provisional ballots, and the number of election day voter registrations. There's a diary of events or incident log attached to the inspector statement as well. We use that to document what clock we used to open and close the polls, who the end of line officer would be in case we had voters in line at 8 p.m., how many votes have been cast when we reconcile our numbers every hour. We also keep track of whether any absentee certificate envelopes needed to be rejected because they were missing a signature. Whether we had to open the ballot box at any point during the day would be noted, and anything out of the ordinary that took place. I always think it's interesting that um, we set up sort of safety measures like the clock that you use to dis establish it's 7 a.m. is the same clock you use to establish when it's 8 p.m. so that the time is exact. It's one of those details. So anyone who is not at your polling place could read the inspector's statement after election day and they really could figure out what happened at the polls. True. Admittedly, I usually try and get other people to write in the inspector's statement because my handwriting is so horrible. <laughs> I think I should give people a fair chance to be able to read it. But it's a report that's presented to the city clerk's office by all of the election inspectors or poll workers at the polling location. At the end of the night, the chief inspector and at least three of the other election officials review and sign that statement, certifying there's a true representation of what happened during the day. Hmm. So the inspector's statement gets returned to the city clerk's office on election night. 
and then we make a photocopy for the county clerk and then there are other documents at the polls that were created in duplicate there. Right. We create a poll book for the county clerk and a poll book for the city clerk at the same time. And the city clerk gets the poll book that has the voter signatures and the county clerk gets the duplicate copy that you create. Right. On election night, we compare both copies of the poll books to make sure they match. If we find any discrepancies, we fix them, or if a discrepancy can't be resolved, we document the discrepancy in the aforementioned inspector's statement. So, <laughs> so the polls have closed, but poll workers are, let's say, comparing the poll books page by page. The poll workers don't leave the polling place as soon as the results are printed. No, there's plenty of work to be done <laughs> after that. We reconcile the poll books, as we mentioned. Then we do all the signatures. We assign a certificate statement for the absentee ballots that were processed. We assign a certificate statement for any absentees that were rejected. We pack up the voting booths, take down all the election day signage, pack up the materials we used at each station. We put away an express vote. And let's see, we secure the tabulator memory stick for the county clerk, and then we secure the ballots in the tabulator. None of the workers go home until we've completed all of that. And you use checklists at the polls to make sure that nothing is missed. Oh, we have great checklists. Okay. Uh, we have checklists for opening the polls and checklists for closing the polls. They really help us make sure that we don't miss a signature, seal, or verification. And then the chief inspectors bring the poll books, the results tapes, registration forms, absentee envelopes, and the memory stick to the city clerk's office on election night. But the election results remain unofficial at that point. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the Dane County Board of Canvassers meets on Thursday after the election night to certify the election results. The City of Madison Board of Canvassers meets at 4 p.m. on Friday, and they count provisional ballots for voters who provided their ID by the 4 p.m. deadline and to review the inspector statements for each polling location. So there are literally two Board of Canvassers meetings, right. county and city. Okay. And our Board of Canvassers reviews the election day documentation to make sure the number of ballots counted for each ward matches the number of voters. They also review and discuss what took place at each polling location. It's worth noting that the Board of Canvassers meeting is open to the public. The City of Madison election officials attend that Board of Canvassers meeting to find out how their polling place did an election day. I've gone several times and found it quite interesting, actually. Yep, I have too, but I wonder if I'm just a big nerd. <laughs> no, I have the same concern. <laughs> and then we also, I know, send email messages to everybody who worked at the polls with feedback from the Board of Canvassers meeting. Yeah, those are wonderful. I think it's a great service. After the city canvass, the county finishes canvassing the election results. From there, the Wisconsin Election Commission actually certifies the results. And that, and only then, is when the election results become official. So after election day, the clerk's office processes the voter registration forms that were completed. Um, we also go through each poll book page by page to update voter participation records. So if you sign the poll book or someone marked that your ballot came in, we need to log that into the computer after election day. If you look at myvote.wi.gov after election day, it could be a month before your voter record indicates that you voted. That delay does not mean that your vote didn't count. It means that the city clerk's office is still updating each voter record. Yeah. You can imagine there's a lot of work involved in that process. <laughs> it is. I think we're just uh, finishing up, a, a, yeah, a full month, just a full month. So thank you, Blaze, for providing us with a behind-the-scenes sort of look at what happens when the polls close.
Thank you, Thomas. That's our episode today on Madison Votes. Thank you for listening and taking steps to learn more about the voting process in Madison. For more information, head over to our clerk's office website at cityofmadison.com clerk, or find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at MadisonWIClerk. We're always here for you to ensure that Madison votes. Thank you.